This is Hope FM. Our focus today is on the Salvation Army and in particular the Winton Corps, which is a very, very uh, successful, very large and blossoming corps doing all sorts of work. Now, right next door to the uh, to the, the meeting place, there is a community centre called the Place Next Door. And uh, Tina has recently taken over as one of the, the joint managers, isn't it, Tina? Because your is. job's sharing, you know. So was it November you started? Yeah, so I came on to, into post in November um, and then my counterpart, which is Norma, Norma Lee, who's um, just as passionate about the work as I am. Um, so I work the beginning of the week, Norma works the end of the week. She came on p- into post just before um, Christmas, actually. So a very, very busy time for us to come into the work. Now, obviously, you've had an interesting faith journey, haven't you? Because well, well, I suppose we should start at the beginning, shouldn't we? How did you become a Christian? Um, well, I was very fortunate. I've got lovely Christian parents and I grew up in the church at Winston Salvation Army, actually. So you were a Salvation um, Army. You are born with a timbrel in your hand. Uh, yeah, although I did drop it a lot, so I didn't really continue <laughs> with that one. But um, yeah, I've, have, I've been nurtured and grounded by lots of lovely Christian people at the church as well. Um, and then I guess I found my own personal faith journey probably when I was about 15, um, because it's one thing having lovely Christian parents and being surrounded by those sure. people, but it's, it has to be a very personal journey, doesn't it? So for me, I was very convicted that I wanted to serve God in any way I possibly could, probably about the age of 15, and carried on that journey at Winston Salvation Army. Now, of course, I, 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 every Salvationist I talk to, you know, I, I always talk to them about instrument playing, you know, because when I think of Salvation Army, I always think of the bands, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's only one small part of the, of the work. Are, are you musical at all? Um, I can sing, but not very well, so please don't ask me. So you could be a songstress, yeah. Possibly, and I have been before, yeah, mm, yes. but not anymore. Um, I did learn to play the trombone, really only because my dad played the trombone, um, and I managed to play Happy Birthday to him on his birthday one year, and then I think, that's not really for me, so I gave up. <laughs> so we're not going to find you in the band. No, you're not going to find me in the band. But we are going to find you in the place next door. Definitely. Now, for the completely uninitiated, uh, uh-huh. I mean, tell us something about about what happens at the centre. Okay, so the place next door is a really, really vibrant and happy community centre. Um, we have a charity shop that's kind of situated at the front of the building. And then behind the charity shop, we have a really vibrant restaurant that is open five days of the week. And the charity shop is open six days of the week. Um, and in addition to that, we have lots of community groups that happen. And we're just at the place at the moment for Norma and I, where we're looking at how we can best serve our local community um, after COVID and all everybody that's experienced that, what the needs are in our local community. So we're in a, in a kind of place where we're reassessing that at the moment and um, looking at what different groups are relevant and what we need to do. We're very passionate about working, networking with our local community. So our local churches, other faith-based organisations um, and not really duplicating, but enhancing work that's going on. So, yeah, so we're in that kind of reassessment at the moment. Well, taking you back to, to, to that faith journey, I think mm-hmm. the last time you were on Hope FM, you did say that you, that you were at Moreland's College. I was. Uh, so, what what took you to to theological training there? Um, it was kind of a journey that happened by accident, to be honest. So, um, I'd ha- I've got three girls, and uh, my youngest girl was about two, I think, when I went to Moreland's. Um, and I was thinking, I knew I wanted to go back and do something different when I started work, when she went back to school. 
And uh, my brother-in-law at the time was working at Moreland's and he said, you could do a, a course at Moreland's and then think about a career change. And when I looked into it, there was a course at the time for place ba- placement-based students, um, applied theology, community and family work. And I was really pes- passionate about working in the community with families. So I thought that might fit around me and my family life at the time. So, um, yeah, so that's what I went for. So I um, graduated in 2009 with a 2-1, which I'm very proud of because I had three young girls um, in applied theology of family and community work. Now when you were doing that was it in the back of your mind what you'd like to do progressing from college? It was yes so um, I knew that I wanted to work with family and enhance family life for people somehow and uh, my last year I went to Bernardo's and asked if I could do my placement there which I did and I enjoyed it thoroughly and um, when I graduated they actually took me on and I became a family support worker with Bernardo's for three years which I absolutely loved that time. Um, a really, real, real passionate time of my life for me, but also so such an honour to be part of family's life and try and enhance it for them. And then what led you to your current brand new, <laughs> relatively brand new, matter of months old, uh, job sharing as, as manager of the place next door? Um, well, I was already working for the Salvation Army. So um, for a few years before that, I've been working for the Anti-Trafficking and Modern Slavery Department of the Salvation Army. Um, so again, working was with... Was that a national job? Yes, it was. So, yeah. so I was employed by our headquarters in London, um, although I was a lot of the time I was home based. Um, but yeah, so I worked there with lots and lots of um, really amazing, vulnerable people who had come on such journeys. Um, but something that really inspired me through all the people I've worked with was their inner strength, their resilience. And um, so I was I was happy in that role. I was finding fulfillment in that role. And then the place next door manager role came up. Um, and obviously that's my church. I'm really passionate about my church having that role in the community. So I just felt it was a real God thing that actually I applied for it and whatever happened, happened. And um, yeah, I, I was employed. <laughs> well, we're going to be playing lots of, of your favourite music, you know, that of Jamie's and Claire's mm-hmm. as well. Your first choice of music is Labby Sifri and something inside so strong. Mm. Why, why this one? Um, I guess, like I've just touched on, really, the people that I've worked with throughout my career and worked with in the community and in, through the church work that I've done, um, I've just been inspired by people who have had hard journeys, experienced horrific trauma, and yet their resilience comes through that. And it is for lots of people, I, I see in them that they have got that something inside that just motivates them to get up each morning, to carry on with life. And lots of them really want to contribute back as well. Um, they have something inside so strong that just inspires me. This is Hope FM. Something inside so strong. Oh, well, that's uh, Labby Sufi there. Something inside uh, so strong. Well, at the beginning of the programme, you heard me saying that the, the Winton Corps of the Salvation Army have got two uh, new officers. That's uh, Jamie and Claire Hill. And they've only actually been inducted. Was it just uh, last Sunday, Jamie? Yes, yeah, Sunday just gone. This is only day four. Good. You talk about being dropped in at the deep end. We've you know? been certainly dropped in at the deep end, <laughs> <laughs> but we're loving it. Now I know, I know that that uh, that as officers, 
you would have gone through your training and you've served all over the place. But before we get to that, let's start where we started with Tina about, you know, your faith journey. So, so how did it all start for you, Jamie? So for me, it started when I was four years old. Um, we were living in West London, uh, in Twickenham. Um, my parents, very sadly, were getting divorced and uh, it was a very tough time for for us growing up. And um, we had all this sort of trauma uh, and family trauma going on and the church of england at the bottom of our road somehow got to hear about us and came and knocked on the door and and spoke to my mum and just said is there any way we can help you and um they took us in and looked after us and uh nurtured us really and we my mum became a christian and then in a very simple childlike way me and my brother knelt down one night with her and she led us to Christ and we gave our lives to Jesus and um, that was that was where it all started um, and then we moved uh, when I was six years old um, to Northampton London was going through a, a bit of an overspill and so we were part of the London overspill moved up to Northampton to new a new town new part of the town and um, we went to the local church of england but didn't settle there as a family and then one sunday on pulpit exchange sunday the salvation army officer came and led the service and uh, he was really engaging and bright and uh, cheerful and um, my mum said right next sunday we're off to the salvation army and that's really where the rest of it went (laughs) (laughs) so you've been there ever since ever since yeah <laughs> and claire was in that salvation army so i've been i've grown up with claire since the age of six so did did you meet then claire through through the army yes we did yes and romance yes. was to blossom that's right yes <laughs> well tell us a wee bit about your journey okay well um i was uh, brought up in a christian home lovely christian parents salvationist parents so went to the salvation army as a babe in in a pram and um and journeyed really from there my faith Uh, but as Tina said earlier you have to have your own personal faith you can't have it from um, you know your parents or anything so there had to come a point as I journeyed um, with the Lord that I had to offer my whole self to him and really I would say that that was at the age of 15 when um, I was coming to the end of my studies at school I was thinking about what the Lord had planned for my life and it was at uh, a youth event that I simply said to God just have all of me whatever you want me to do I'm yours Mm. so really that was kind of a real turning point and a real kind of um, uh, beginning a proper beginning of my journey of really being in tune with what God wanted me to do. Now, explain to us a wee bit, but both of you, about how the Salvation Army works, because I mean, now you're both officers. Now, I know that, that are you both majors? Yes. So yes. you have to send your attention. Um, <laughs> but of course, when, when you would have had that initial contact, and, and there are lots of people who go along to the Salvation Army who aren't actually officers, tell us a wee bit about something about how the Salvation Army is structured, how it works. So we we um, both uh, that same meeting that Claire was talking about where she uh, had that sense of calling I also had that sense of calling and um, we found ourselves they they invited people forward if if you felt God's call on your life and Claire and I both found ourselves stood next to each other because we responded to that call and um, so from there we we basically just sort of started exploring that calling 
and um, we were just regular members of the congregation up until that point um, and we were still young we did had you wear a uniform yes, yes we wore uniform yeah that, and that's a decision that you can make um, as you as you grow up and become a teenager you can decide whether you want to make that commitment um, which is a lifestyle commitment and and a commitment to to God it's not about membership just only membership it's about um, a commitment to of, of lifestyle to God and um, we, we'd made that decision already and we were now then thinking about what the future ha- held for us and so we had to explore a, a calling in our lives and the church that we were going to in Northampton the Salvation Army there were, were instrumental in helping us work out that calling. So were you both doing other careers you know I was obviously worshipping at the church? Well, at that point, I was still at school and um, you were, you were just going just to college. I was just coming to the end of school and I went to college, yeah, yeah and trained to be a nursery nurse yeah. and went into... So you were both young with the world at your feet. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, was, I, I had a Saturday job in the library, um, but I, I really saw myself as a social worker. So went to college when I left school at 16. Um, very few people in our friendship circles went to university. There wasn't those, didn't seem to be those opportunities. But I went to college to to do a social work introduction and um, it was the wrong course for me. It really wasn't me. So you didn't I click with it. didn't click with it. So I applied for a job at the library because I was I'd already got a Saturday job there. And um, I did I didn't get that job. And when, when I went and uh, went and sort of uh, chatted to them, they said that there's something better for you to, to apply for coming up. So I, I applied for that. And that was a supervisor's role and um, with, with training. And um, I, I didn't realise at the time, but the person who interviewed me was a Salvationist and I didn't know them. They, they were from another town. Um, and and they they'd said to me in my first interview, what do you what do you want to what's your ambition in life? And I said, uh, I said, I'm going to be a Salvation Army officer one day. And um, and he he obviously just sensed something of God moving and, and said to, to apply for it. And the, I got the job and uh, that gave me training skills in uh, management and in information um, that I can in administration that I can now use in my Salvation Army officership so that was part of a process although I didn't realize it at the time um, and then we, um, we we lived life we got married didn't we and um, we you know probably six years or so we lived life and then we uh, made that uh, um, step and applied to go to the Salvation Army Training College in London. And Claire, did you have the, the same urge to, to to become an officer in the Salvation Army? Obviously, pre your marriage, because I suppose on your on your marriage, you know, uh, uh, to Jamie, it would have been a you know a foregone conclusion <laughs> really that your life were, together was going to be as officers in the Salvation Army. But but. Did you have that sense of calling as well? Yes. Well, at, at 15, when I um, offered myself to whatever God wanted me to do, uh, because I had always been in the Salvation Army, it, officership was something that I was exploring and thinking about. Um, but I, I had this sense that I needed to do something first. So um as part of my journey, I went and trained as a nursery nurse and I got a job in a nursery, a day nursery, just a regular day nursery first for a couple of years. Then I went into a special needs day nursery. Really, really enjoyed um, doing that. 
Jamie and I got married and I think that was where it was a little bit hard in the fact that we were settled, we were happy. I was doing a job I really loved doing. Uh, we had set up home and um, and things were nice and comfortable. <laughs> and But God kept prompting and he kept reminding me of that um, calling when I was 15 saying, you said, um, all, you know, that you would give all to me. And, uh, and I just kept having those prompts all the time. Um, and we went um, to a um, like a concert, really, that our children's singing group, our singing company were doing. And it was on the journey home, I said to Jamie, we've just got to say yes to God. We've just got to um, say yes, we will become officers. And Jamie said, yeah, exactly. I've I've felt the same. So the following day we spoke to someone and and, uh, it kind of went on from there. Well, we'll we'll talk about that journey because obviously you don't just become officers. There's a bit of a training and and I guess you're still in that school of training. But your first piece of of, of music for you, Claire, is that Cornerstone. Why, Why this one? Yeah, um, because it it begins with my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I see that I can't do what I do without God. He is the cornerstone. He is my foundation. And I trust in him. Um, Going back to when I was a 15 year old girl, I was a very shy, um, timid girl and thinking that I would ever become an officer was kind of not um, not I didn't think it was possible but actually in God's strength built on his foundation with him as my cornerstone then he is my strength and he is there for me to help me This is Hope FM. Well, my very special guests uh, uh, today, or threefold actually, I've got uh, Tina, who has a job share managing the place next door, attached to the Winton Salvation Army Corps, and the brand new uh, officers, Jamie and Claire Hill, uh, all three of them in the studio today. Now, just before we heard from Adrian there, we were talking to Jamie and to Claire about uh, their journey to officerhood but of course you had the call to become officers Jamie um, but you don't just become officers you, you, you had to do a lot of stuff didn't you? Yeah so um, picking up from what Claire said about how that happened for the second time for us God reminded us of our calling we we were with us our ch- junior singing group and um, we were gone to a very small Salvation Army in Cambridgeshire and they had no officers they had um, trainee officers who were there for the summer and um, it was while we were sat there both of us felt this nudge from God to say look I've already called you to be officers and there's plenty of Salvation Army uh, centres and and corps and churches that need officers you know I need you to do it and so we uh, came away from that with this renewed resolve that we were going to just go for it and step out in faith and if the Salvation Army wanted us then that was good if they didn't well we we hadn't lost anything we'd carry on with our lives that we had and so the next the very next day we made contact with our headquarters and uh, offered ourselves and then that really just started the application process so uh, you you obviously have lots and lots of forms to fill in every 
part of your life gets turned over. Um, we had to go through lots of uh, a series of lots of interviews, um, where again every aspect of our life was questioned, and uh, this calling was talked about, and um, had, we, you know, had to be proved genuine. And um, and then once we got through those initial contacts, our church congregation, members of our church congregation, had to write about us and uh, and and. Uh, answer some questions about our, what they saw in us and our faith and the genuineness of what they felt about our calling. And there, so we got through that stage. And then we had to go for an assessment conference. And that was in London in 1993. And um, we went we went there with fear and trepidation, to be honest, because we were going into the, the very formal interviews um, where where we were asked about sort of our knowledge of theology and understanding of sin and reconciliation um as well as aspects of our calling um so yeah it was it was intense and um that that happened in 1993 and i suppose that i mean although it was intense i suppose there's two things really one it is do you really want to do this and so secondly is this really god's call absolutely uh did you find it how did you find the whole process uh, claire Yes, I found it very hard as well, but um, I just had this um, deep call knowing that this is where God wanted me to be. And um, so he kind of carried me through it. And um, then in 1994, we entered the Salvation Army Training College in Denmark Hill, Camberwell, and um, and had two years of training, on-site training, really, there. We had um, a summer placement where we went to Bath Goodwill Centre um, for five months um, and um, in the middle of that, but lots of kind of practical training as well as classroom um, training and lessons and, and everything. Um, so it was a packed two years of um yeah, finding yeah. out what it was all about. <laughs> Absolutely, and then of course the the big day comes. Can can you can you remember the end of the journey? In a, whenever eventually uh, you were then inducted, is that the, is that the word as yes. officers? Yes, we, we were commissioned. They call it our commissioning. Yes, so we had that in May 1996. So, and I remember it very clearly. Um, it was a great day of celebration, um, a day a great day of dedication as well as we um, stepped out in faith and we were given our first appointment and our first appointment was Alderney in the Channel Islands um, and we didn't we'd never been there before we didn't know what we were going to but we were stepping out in faith and we really had that sense of of God just directing us and guiding us and giving us that strength um, to fulfill his calling well we'll talk about that first calling and, and indeed the ensuing placements and including of course your current one which are right at the beginning of uh, so you were welcomed into the Winton Corps just last Sunday weren't you yes yeah uh, Tina I have to ask you you know Tina is is managing the place next door, co-managing mm-hmm. uh, uh, with it. So, did you ever feel, you know, that you know, obviously you're you're a member of the Salvation Army, you wear the uniform and so on generally? Do you? I don't wear uniform now. You don't. No. So, because this is an important thing. Now, would you call yourself? Are you an adherent? No, I am a soldier of the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. so I have taken the commitment to um, say that that is my church and live by the rules and regulations of the Salvation Army. Um, I just chose not to wear the uniform. 
Yeah. Well, so it's important for people to understand that. Yeah. So any, so, and basically anybody can go along can. to worship at Salvation Army yes. uh, place of worship, and uh, and there, there is a term called adherence, isn't there? Yes. So there is. so so how would you explain an adherent? So you're an adherent if you're saying that actually. The Salvation Army, or in our case, Winton Salvation Army, is your church. You become a church member, but you don't take the extra extra steps to um, go by the rules and regulations of the Salvation Army, uh, which, amongst other things, is that we are teetotal so that we don't drink. Um, and for, for lots of lots of people, that's one of the things that that they they see the Salvation Army because we are compared to other lots of other churches, we are teetotal. And of course, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Because I mean, when I think of the Salvation Army, I think of the outreach work uh, yeah. to people. You know, uh, I, I, was it General Booth who said, you know, going to the very gates of hell and yes. pulling people back? And of course, you were and still do, of course, reach out to people. Uh, you know, uh, that find themselves right at the bottom of you know. Their luck, or, or, or you know, their place in life. You know, things have gone wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, for, for me, that is the heart of the community centre. That um, the place next door, Winton Community Centre. Um, that's that's what we're there for. We are there for those people to do life's journey with them. So you're also uh, commissioned, but in a slightly different sense, because you're you're commissioned in in reaching out to the community through Absolutely, the, the yeah. work that you that you do yeah yeah and i think that is my that is my life's passion that is my commitment to god to do the journey with the people that i you know i've had a blessed life there's so many people that haven't had a blessed life for various reasons and um if i can bring something to them if the salvation army can make their life slightly better enhance it in whatever way that is and that's what the place next door is there for now your next piece of music was matt redman are you a fan of the great man himself um yeah i like his music yes absolutely so this is when the, when the music uh, fades the heart of worship why, why yes. this one um i think that's particular i particularly chose that because i love that song because it is about the salvation army as you've already said blair can be seen about it's about the music it's about the band it's about the songsters our singing choir it's about the music we do we do so well and we absolutely do but I think sometimes we need to strip that all away and think, actually, why do we do that? You know, why, why do we go to band practice? Why do we play in the band? Why do we sing in the songs and go to sing songs of practice every week? And it is about because that is enhancing worship and it is a witness. The band go out onto the streets. But the reason is behind all that is it's God. It is our commitment to God to, to tell people that, you know, life can be so much better when it is enhanced with a faith. Um, so that song is, is all about that So that's why that song's special to me When the music fades All is stripped away This is Hope FM Well you heard from Jimmy and Claire That their first uh, posting Having uh, qualified uh, Or being commissioned uh, as, as officers Was in, in Alderney What was that? Can you remember the early days of that posting? Was it, was it scary? Yeah, I, I can remember. I can remember getting on a plane. Um, we we flew from uh, London, from uh, Gatwick, I think it he, was Heathrow, Heathrow, um, on quite a big plane. And then we went, we flew to Jersey, and then we got onto a little yellow peril plane. They call them <laughs> a little twelve seater, and we flew over to to Alderney. And as I said before, we we had never been to Alderney before. We didn't know anything about the island or or anything. And uh, I remember Jamie sat sitting next to me and saying, oh, you know, looking out the window, it will be all right. And he was pointing ahead.
head and I said no that that's not Alderney that's France Alderney's down there and we kind of looked and we saw this small island this little dot on the this <laughs> little dot almost yeah but actually um, we we loved it we did we did two years there and absolutely loved our ministry there we just uh, got into island life um, uh, worked with the people there got to know everybody um, quite a small Salvation Army uh, church uh, but lots and lots going on very busy and I suppose uh, island life would be you know very parochial and because Alderney, I mean, I don't know how many people are on living on Alderney, but it's not a massive place, is it? No, there's 2,000 people. Yeah, mm. yeah. Stuart, how was it like for you at the beginning? Uh, well, I, I or just... Jamie. I that's right. Stuart, yeah. I, I, like I say, you know, saw this um, little dot and uh, from the sky and I just, my cho- my throat choked up and I thought, this is going to be a prison, I'm, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> but we stepped off the plane and um, it was just so silent and so peaceful and um and i thought well actually i, I think i think I'm, i can live here so uh, you know that was great i think living we've been back on holiday and and actually living there is vastly different to going on holiday there when you're living there you're part of the island um, community. community and uh, you know, pe- people do live in each other's houses. You have to kind of get used to that. And, um, you know, you're invited round to different people for for parties and different things. And you, you all, you know, like at Christmas, uh, Boxing Day, uh, everyone would be invited to different people's homes and you'd take a party piece with you. And, and you know, if, you, if once you could get used to that very close living... Um, that 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 really helped us to to overcome all all those sort of insecurities. But it was a, a lovely place to to um, start our ministry. We hadn't got a clue what we were doing, um, but we were just sort of making it up as we went along. And we I remember us saying to the congregation, "Are we doing it right? Are we doing it okay?" And and they kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine," you know. And we did beach mission on the on the beach during Alderney Week, which was a big fun week when holiday makers came. Um, and that was good and um, yeah lots of just mm. different things that you would do in a small community and of course the outreach of the Salvation Army is, is, is right at the centre of what you're doing you're reaching out in all sorts of ways by ministry did Alderney have it have its, its outreach like for the tourists for example who come I mean, you mentioned the beach missions and so yeah, on yeah the tourists but um, you know living on a very small island is, is, is quite tough um, you know it sounds glamorous um, and for some wealthy people, it is. But most ordinary people, you know, there there is poverty um, because it's really hard to live on an island. It's really expensive to is live it, on an island. Is it economy farming, mainly? Um, fishing, really, I mm. think. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fishermen there. Um, and, yeah, just, ju- just having to... You know, we didn't have programmes like Winton Salvation Army has just got Multiple. masses <laughs> and masses of programmes... <laughs> Um, but we didn't have that. But it was just really coming alongside people. Um, there was there was some f- uh, some people we came alongside, families we came alongside where there was domestic abuse, and just trying to sort of help them. You know, they they maybe had too much to drink and and then got violent with their fists and that sort of thing. And and but once they were sober, they were absolutely fine. And it was just trying to help people to see that sort of pattern of life and and prevent that from happening again um and and being there if it did happen again and i suppose claire that the whole relationship thing i mean certainly a small island community would if nothing else would have taught you that because you're almost in each other's pockets aren't you but but of course a lot of faith and growth is based on the on relationships one to 
the definitely, other. Definitely, definitely. And um, our first son was born there. So I was a, a young mum and we had thriving toddler groups um, because... You know, it was where I was at at, at that time as a young mum with with a child, and that um, that was that was ideal in coming alongside new mums um, and that had other children, and just working alongside them and supporting them in a time of, of change because um, often a, a new mum, yeah, or a a lady would have gone out to work and have a social life. She then has her baby and her whole life changes and um, a whole kind of friendship group almost changes. So it was it was ideal for me to kind of be at that stage as well, but also give that support um, in the Salvation Army. Uh, and we set up these toddler groups. Mm. Now, of course, that was your first posting, but yes. you've, you've had a string of them, haven't you? And, uh, and you were explaining to me that the, a posting can, uh, can last between, well, two years up to, what's the maximum? Is it seven or nine years? Usually around seven or nine years, mm. although our last posting was 13. So <laughs> that's not always the rule. <laughs> yeah, so they must have liked you. you know. <laughs> doing, doing good job. Carry on. <laughs> good. So what, where else have you been following Alderney right up to the present day? OK, so we went to uh, Branksom after Alderney, the so Bunkle. not far away from yeah. here. Yes. Um, and had a great time there. Their busy community, you know, outreach there in the church. We went then to a place called Tadley, which is near Basingstoke and Reading, between the two. Um, we then went to Southampton and to Southampton Shoaling Corps. Then we went to Guernsey, and it was Guernsey that we did 13 years. Ah, yeah, back to the island. You know, back to the slightly, Islands. Slightly bigger, of a course. A bigger, bigger island, bigger, yes. Much bigger yeah. island. And we moved here from Guernsey a fortnight ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're still by the sea, aren't you? We it's are. Yeah. I we mean, are. one place you were surrounded by it. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and have each of those placements been very, very different? They've all been different, yeah. I mean, obviously, people are different wherever you go, so that's, um, that's, that's the, the major part of it programs are different um, and I think that the, the big thing about the Salvation Army is it responds to need in the communities that it's in and so that that is different um, you know when we went to Tadley for example we were out in the middle of the countryside but we tried to make that Salvation Army church the center of the community it was on the ma- there was one road through the town and the Salvation Army was right in the middle of it so we we tried to make the Salvation Army the center of the community and um, it, it was great we were there for five years and um you know had lots of different programs simple things like coffee mornings and um, a nursery um but we also did things with uh, lots of groups with children as well and young people in the in the area because there was nothing for them in the evening so yeah Mm. um but every everywhere has been been different when we were at Branksome um, we were advised to try and build it as a church for the elderly because the whole community around in that particular area was predominantly older people people. Um, and that was great and um, I remember on Thursday mornings um, I called them our youth group they were uh, (laughs) they were probably in their 70s 60s and 70s but we would um, meet at the hall we were young at heart young at heart absolutely we would meet at the hall um, clean the hall through together then uh, have coffee and then we would have keep fit 
um, which was supposed to be gentle exercises for the elderly. And um, and then we we were supposed to have a soup and a roll lunch, and that was it. But that lunch became a banquet every week, you know. <laughs> so um, um, and they made it a real just a day of being together and then we would do some singing in the afternoon and of course back to relationships uh, it, all about relationships uh, yeah and i think that's the important part because if you're having a, a relationship with someone you're interacting with them that's the way you introduce them to that faith in jesus or help them if they've already got that faith in jesus to develop um uh, that faith and, and become strong and confident in their faith well we're going to talk about the contrasting between the, the work of the salvation obviously locally and we've already begun to wait tina to tell us something about the outreach work of of uh, the placing store but of course obviously in our minds at the moment is certainly ukraine and the the, the salvation army is international in its outreach so maybe we could talk a little bit about that because i know you're just coming into that yeah. uh, but we can talk a little bit about about that situation and of course what what we know or what yeah. you know uh, is happening there now you, the try to take us there is matt redmond again Ten Thousand reasons mm-hmm. uh jamie why this one um, well, it speaks about really all the the great things that God is to us, and um, we, you know, the ten thousand reasons for our hearts to sing praise to God, and you know, there's actually more than ten thousand reasons, um, and and I, I chose it because I, I'm just always in awe of God and how amazing he is and how he has shown himself to us in Jesus Christ, how his Holy Spirit is with us all the time. And, um, you know, every single day I can see God moving in my life and, and moving in other people's lives and transforming life and the world. And, and even though we have these huge, huge problems in the world, you know, to be able to see God in the midst of it all gives me great Uh, praise in my heart so 10,000 reasons to praise God This is Hope FM A beautiful worship song there rapturous applause from Mr Matt Redman and of course that was uh, 10,000 reasons now of course the, the mission of the Salvation Army is international you see a a reflection of that in all sorts of ways and and the place next door tina is very much part of the salvation army's mission have i interpreted that right absolutely yeah the salvation army is um there used to be a strap line that they used um heart to god hand to man and um that's kind of always resonates with me because we we are about doing life's journey with people and it's a phrase that i keep referring to because it's something i'm really passionate about um, and serving the local community. So mission can take lots of sh- sh- shapes and forms. Um, for, for me, mission ha- happens in the place next door. It's um, about opening our doors to people. You know, When we open in the morning, at half past nine, the charity shop opens, 10 o'clock, the, shop, the restaurant opens. We don't know who's going to walk through those doors. And yes, we are a charity shop. Yes, we are a restaurant. But that is, for us, that is a mission. That is about getting alongside those people. We, we are very blessed that the team that work in the place next door are a group of wonderful, dedicated people. 
Um, and part of our ethos is that we take time to have conversations with people. So if you come into the charity shop, somebody will say, how's your day? How are you doing today? We have lots of regulars that come in there and we get to know them. And we are about doing life's journey with them. Exactly the same for the restaurant. Um, and actually, I ought to give a shout out to our restaurant manager because it's his birthday today. Oh, happy lovely birthday. Andy, who is absolutely amazing and a real heart and passion for people as as his whole team in there and they are about getting alongside the people that come some of them just come because actually it's a warm place to just sit um, lots of them will say that they come in there because actually from the moment they leave to when they come the next time they don't speak to anybody so um we are we are about getting alongside those people and um doing whatever they want us to do, being their family if they want. Um, we have a bit of a joke now that we have a group of men that come each day and they sit and they meet each other there and they chat and um, tell life stories. And if you go and say hello, you're there for the next hour talking to them. Um, but for them, that that is their family, if you like. And we like to think that once you step into the place next door, you're stepping into a family and we all become family together. Now, I know that you don't put pressure on people in terms of faith. You're not throwing Bibles at them no, or, or, or whatever. But of course, no doubt there, there is quite a bit of synergy between the mainstream work of the church, the worship on Sundays mm -hmm. and other times. And, and do you, are you encouraged by that, that sort of link that you see between the two as a, as a way of introducing people maybe to the, to the gospel, to what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not shy to say that the reason we do what we do is because it's our mandate as Christians to work alongside people and ultimately to bring people to know Jesus. But um, before we can get to that point, we need to make sure people are not hungry, people are clothed, people are in a good position, people are happy. Um, and that is part of that journey as well. So um, it, is, it is obviously what we're about. And um, we are also very blessed that we have a lot of the church people, we call it core, so the core people that um, are part of our team. So you'll step into Andy, who I've already mentioned, is an integral part of our church, as is a lot of his team there. You'll come into the charity shop on a Monday morning and we have um, one of our bandsmen on the till there, the lovely Bob. Who's, um, and that, that is part of our mission, to work alongside the people. So we're there for the people that come in, but we're also there for each other. So any one of our team, any one of our staff and volunteer workforce that are hurting, then we're hurting as well. So we like to look after each yeah. other. And of course, you've got the core in terms of the name given for mm -hmm. the church is the core. Uh, but of course, you've also got the core of people who come to you, the same people who come back again and again, mm -hmm. which, of course, the very fact that they're doing that, coming back, Andy must be doing some good cooking. He uh, is, he is. And, uh, but, but, but there is something about, you know, a welcoming place and, mm -hmm. and a safe place as well. Yeah. How did, that, how did the whole pandemic thing impact you all? Um, it impacted us badly, as it did everybody. Um, we had lots of stuff that we had to put on furlough. We had to close our doors in lots of different ways. We tried to serve meals outside. Um, so it, it was a tough time. And um, although I wasn't there for that because I came into post on the very tail end, so just before Christmas, um, I think it was a tough time for everybody, as it was for everybody. So it, we, we're not unique in that way. And um, 
And as I said at the beginning, I think that where we're at now is we're just picking ourselves up and thinking that has changed community. So how do we respond to that? How do we look at the needs that are there now and moving forward? You know, we recognise that there is a lot of poverty out there. So how can we respond to that? So we've just recently linked in with um, BCP and um, been speaking to um, the lady who oversees food poverty for the borough there and um, trying to work together with them to think, are there other resources that we have that we can use to make that easier for people as we move forward? And of course, now we have everything that's happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Is 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 that beginning to 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 uh, affect uh, people coming to the centre? Um, we have people coming in asking what they can do. I think um, as horrific as Ukraine is, what it what it has also done for people, it has made people think actually we need to help and you see that in the community which is a lovely lovely thing to see people just want to do something so we have people walking through our doors that are giving us donations monetary donations that we need to pass on um, thankfully we've got processes in place to do that um, and we have lots of our team that have had links with Ukraine and have been out there because as a church we've had many years of doing missions I mean two of my daughters have been out there twice to work there what, as what well. What sort of impact did it have on them? Um I think it really opened their eyes to a different type of need. I mean, they've got me as a mum, they've got their dad who plays in the band, so we're in the Salvation Army, so they've seen need, but it was a very different type of raw need out there. Um, And when they were going out there working alongside with gypsy children, who, um, you know, in the way that the children were dragged up, not even brought up, I would say, um, really impacted them and made them understand that how blessed they were to be in Bournemouth, living in their lives in Bournemouth and growing up in a, in a loving, nurturing community. Um, I think it really opened their eyes to, to see that. But then to look back now and think that, you know, how the suffering is, um, I think, yeah, it's really, it's really awakened a, uh, an understanding of need in people and, um, yeah, just the outpouring of love for them. Well, we're going to talk about uh, with, uh, with Jamie in a moment about you know what we know is happening uh, on the ground with the Salvation Army. And of course, David, your coordinate, missions coordinator, I mm. think is what he does, is going to be coming on the, the radio in a few weeks' time just to tell us a, a little bit more. Uh, but before we get there, maybe uh, turning t- uh, to you, Claire, here you are right at the beginning, and uh, you heard something of the work of, of, of what you're coming to lead. Uh, are you encouraged? Oh, very encouraged. And as I say, we had our installation on Sunday. And um, from then, we haven't really stopped because we've just wanted to get um, a little um, feel of every activity and everything that's going on um, at the place next door um, during the week. And um, it's, it's yeah, it's amazing um, how hard people work. And um, we're really excited to get alongside and... Uh, to work with them and uh, just to meet the needs of the community. And very different, of course, to what you've been used to on Guernsey. Very different. Uh, There was need on Guernsey in a different way. Um, But um, we're ready for something new and we're very excited about what we see. And, um, yeah, and it's going to be really great to work alongside everybody. (laughs) Now, Stuart, I I, I know, obviously, both you and Claire just knew... To, uh, to the Winton Corbett, not new to the Salvation Army. And the Salvation Army has always been international. Uh, 
I know that a week on Saturday that the core are going to be uh, doing a concert in aid of Ukraine. And uh, Davis, your missions uh, guy, has sent me some information about that. So that's music for Ukraine with the Poolborough Band. And then Fiona Armstrong uh, doing a vocal and the songsters will be participating. But of course, all of this is a practical response because prior to that, the core had been going. In fact, as Tina just said, with her her own daughters going. But the the members of the core had been making regular visits to Ukraine. Uh, Have you been yourself? I haven't been myself, no. Um, we were vi- invited to go on the next uh, trip. Uh, we were, the, the Corps was supposed to be going in um, July this year, but obviously now that the um, the war has come, it, that's all had to be um, postponed. Um, so originally this was t- this uh, concert was to raise money for the mission trip yeah um but now it's been decided that um all of the proceeds will go to the ukrainian salvation army for their work with the refugees directly in ukraine um and uh, david who you mentioned he's been having daily links with um the salvation army over there and um we've set up um a, a route for the money to be transferred from our just giving page that we have in Winton to the directly to the Salvation Army on the ground in um, the Ukraine. So that's absolutely wonderful that there is that direct link and um, the Salvation Army are able to use that money when it uh, gets to them to to really just relieve people in very practical ways. Um, you know, we've seen, haven't we, on the on the news uh, thousands of people, millions of people, really trying to sort of flee the country. But there, there are people on the ground staying who need support and relief and and help, um, clothes to wear, um, sleeping equipment, uh, food, and the Salvation Army is there still. There's about I think there's about nine or ten Salvation Army centres in Ukraine, uh, thriving um, churches and community centres, and they're they're responding to the needs in amongst all the things that are happening in the war. And we we heard um, of Salvationists who have been down in the basements with the people that are shielding from the war above, um, you know, and they've been trying to give practical assistance down in the basements. And then we heard of some of the Salvationists and uh, helping the people to flee from those basements to safety, to get the um, transport to places like Poland. Um, so, you know, the, the work of the Salvation Army, as well as other organizations and churches is absolutely vital at this time and um, you know any support anyone can give to Winton Salvation Army's appeal at, at this moment in time is is going to be used directly in the Ukraine to, to help these people. And of course the Salvation Army are, are, are trusted people in this country certainly know uh, the work that you do here and indeed uh, abroad, they, it's just the name Salvation yeah. Army because it was General Boo's uh, passion, wasn't it, to 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 reach out to the poor and to the lonely and sharing the good news uh, mm. of the gospel a tradition. Of course, that the Salvation Army has never uh, uh, departed from. Mm. Uh, and I guess, as, as as Tina said, you know, people will be looking for practical ways to help. If people wanted to give, though, uh, how do they access that giving pitch? Um, I th- it's on these uh, web pages for the uh, Winton Salvation Army. Um, there, there are also um, just just Google uh, the Just Giving, and you, you'd be able to find find it as well. Um, 
and there's i mean the salvation army have got an, an international page set up as well so it, just uh, google searches will will take you to one of the ways of giving mm-hmm. um but specifically this the winton one is is through the um the local web pages one of the other things i mean tina again talking about you know response the police community of course have, have arisen and opened up collection centers and in fact those of you who have heard about the collection point at castle point the old argus on castle point just to say that that is still opened and you can take your goods along there but there is an amended list of now of need and let me just very briefly read you what that list is so there so now they want first aid supplies Batteries, torches, power banks, binoculars, medicines, sleeping bags and tents, hygiene essentials, feminine hygiene goods, long shelf food, thermoses, disposable cutlery, waterproof jackets, uh, clothes of different kinds, obviously for the harsh weather there, animal food, uh, baby bottle and teats, and Milton sterilising fluid so uh, that's that's the current ask and uh, uh, you can take that along uh, to uh, the unit beside JD Sports at the Castle Point Shopping Centre and I know that our local MP Tobias Elwood has arranged for an even bigger warehouse the first tranche of, of things that you have been donating and in fact it has been an, um, an immense response uh, but uh, there's still that opportunity and of course if you want to give uh, give cash there's that, there's that oppos- opportunity as well and of course if you go along to the Salvation Army concert that's also a way of, of giving because the tickets priced at £4 will be supporting that work yeah. what news do you have uh, coming out uh, you know I mean you, you said that you, you have your friend in Poland who's helping to support the refugee program Jimmy yeah Claire and I were in training with um, with uh, Stephen and Camilla Thomas who are the uh, leaders of the Salvation Army in Poland and um, they've put some um, um, videos on uh, social media and and updates um, they've been working in uh, train stations receiving the uh, refugees um, and then s- sort of moving them on signposting them on to places where they can get practical help and assistance mm-hmm. and um, that you know there was a message the other day that that the Salvation Army in Poland is just receiving so many thousands of people um, and, and, and work, working with other agencies as well I think and I think that's the wonderful thing yes, in, in a time response. of crisis yeah. it does it doesn't matter about the name of the organization people work together and that's important and um, certainly you know the Salvation Army in Poland has been doing that but um, not not only that um, you know we, we've heard that to our headquarters that the Salvation Army have programs and personnel in Ukraine, Russia, Poland, Romania, Moldova and other European countries who are helping people because they're not all just going to Poland, they're going out of whichever border they can get out into those countries. Um, And uh, yeah, provisions are being made available where, where they where there is a need and of course the, the suffering in russia itself because yeah. you know the russian people certainly a lot of them are not supporting the military uh, action and we obviously we're not here to politicize mm. or anything like that but uh, well, the one thing we can say and i suppose it, it, it's really quite a shocking truth isn't it that that the, the clash of evil and good you know if, if ever there there was a a way of that being demonstrated is what we're saying you know in poland i mean you mentioned about working with elderly people in Branksome, but I've been really quite shocked, you know, seeing some of the 
the, the the television pictures, and a lot of those folk, you know, who are who are refugees, are elderly people mm. really who are really not very fit to be making these long journeys no. and so on. But uh, but on the other side of it, it's very heartening to see that the the whole you know communities uh, you know both in those countries and indeed abroad have risen to the challenge. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a verse of scripture, Psalm 46 and verse 1, that says, God is our ever, our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble. And that's a verse that Christians can cling hold of and make it as our prayer, because God is with everyone in those situations. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to see where God is and what he's doing, but he is there. He promises to be there. And, and um He's resourcing certainly many, many people to help others. Well, of course, we are the hands and the yeah. arms, I mean, the, uh, you know, uh, the people of God and, and, and others uh, who maybe haven't quite completed th- their understanding yeah. of the fact that they've got. But, but, and and but, coming to a concert like the, the concert the Salvation Army are putting on, you know, that that's something poignant that will focus people's minds and hearts and attention on the ukraine but it's also an evening out but it's also another aspect is that by coming and supporting we are directly helping others in in the place where it's most needed in the ukraine and and just to say that that concert is on the 19th of saturday the 19th of march commencing at 7 p.m at the salvation army corps over in latimer uh uh, road i guess the tickets can be secured by your website yeah um i think the tickets are through the reception so if um if they phone up the phone number and i as i'm so new i can't uh 01202 517 989 there, there we are there you go <laughs> and uh, if they phone that number um they, they speak to reception they can secure some tickets that's great and uh, of course many of us uh, through the pandemic will know that there was there was one amazing blessing uh, which was sung not just in our own country but in the nations of the world uh, and here indeed is the ukrainian version uh, of the blessing Да благословит Бог вас, сохранит озарит лицом вас своим, обратит пусть свой взор к вам и даст вам мир.
And of course, you're listening to uh, the blessing uh, sung uh, in uh, Ukrainian. And uh, just a reminder that 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 music for Ukraine at the Salvation Army Corps over in Latimer Road, Winton is on Saturday, the 19th of March, commencing at 7 o'clock. You can pick up tickets at reception. Give you the telephone number uh, for reception, which is 01202. 517989 uh, and indeed uh, we'll be having the, uh, the the person who coordinates mission uh, over at Winton uh, on the programme in just a few weeks uh, uh, time and he'll be able to give us even more information about what is happening on the ground and if you're wanting to support the amazing work that the Salvation Army are doing directly in Ukraine then you can go to the just if you just google just giving Winton uh, then I believe something like £7,000 has already been donated. And you can be assured that that goes directly to the people who are suffering and in need. And indeed, the Corps have already transferred £5,000 already. So it's wonderful. And uh, and again, if you want to 
to, to give goods to that list of, that I read out a wee bit earlier on. Then the collection point is the old Argus store uh, beside JD Sports, the warehouse there. You can just drop off uh, whatever your gift is uh, there uh, as well. I know they're also receiving uh, cash gifts uh, uh, as well. Well, what a time, you know, uh, Jamie and Claire uh, and and Tina for you to be uh, doing this work right at the front line but I I suppose like particularly for you and and Claire, Jamie, coming to a new post, it takes a wee while to settle in and to get used but vision's important and I mean already as that's beginning to formulate because you would have been thinking before you you packed your bags (laughs) over in Guernsey to head to to, to Winton, what are you thinking uh, in terms of vision going forward? Well, we realised in coming to to Winton that um, we've had connections with Winton going back to 1995. Um, We came here for a placement from the training college when we were in college uh, for two weeks and then we had links with the Salvation Army at Winton when we were living in Branksome. And Winton has very much been an inspiration to us in our officership in the cause that we've run because Winton has always been known for being a pioneering Salvation Army trying new things stepping out in faith and seeing things happen and grow and um, I'd like to see that pioneering aspect um, continue and uh, develop um, I'd like to get to know the people in the Salvation Army first and uh, see what their, where their heart is and what their passions are and I believe firmly that when you get to know people when you get to know your congregation when you get to know the people that use the the building um the the Holy Spirit lays something very deep in in us um as a vision so my initial vision is to get to know people and to sense that but to see long term some rekindling of 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 that those those um, pioneering aspects and, and Claire, I mean, obviously over, over the years uh, you've seen this haven't you the, the the holy spirit guiding both you and 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 jamie and and here you are in a whole new uh, thing the other thing of course that very often is the case is the gifts the, the way god pref, you know pre- prepares us for each job that he gives us have have you had a sense of of being prepared for the great unknown, which of course you don't even know at the moment. No, very much so. And in in my whole um, journey of faith, God has prepared me for what is before, and I just trust Him with what the future holds. And uh, and, and really, I'm just so excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to get to know people, and just to journey alongside them, and. Um, you know, I see that um, Winton Salvation Army is a very, very much a beacon of light in the community. The the amount of people that come um, into the building, into the place next door throughout the week, at the weekend, um, it, it, it's a shining light in the community. And um, I really want to be a part of uh, of keeping that shining light glowing as bright as possible, so that everybody is welcome and. And everybody is there's time for everybody and everybody is loved and cared for. And um, we just want to 
do all we can in just coming alongside people and um, sharing our faith in very practical ways. Well, obviously, we wish you both every, every success in going forward. And no Thank doubt you. you'll be no strangers. Now that you're experienced broadcasters, of course, <laughs> I should be signing you up for regular broadcasts on Hope FM. You know, uh, but it's been a joy to have you both. Well, and thank you for w- having us. Wish you God's richest blessing. Now, uh, uh, Tina, you're a lady not without vision yourself. Your, your vision, of course, for the work that you and your team are doing at the place next door. Going forward, what's, what's the shape of that like? Um, yeah, you're right. I've all, I'm, I'm one that always has a vision. I'm always looking forward. And um, particularly coming into post for um, Norma and I, uh, it would be that we just want to meet the needs of the local community. We want to enhance the local community. Um, as people have already said, you know, Winton Savage Army has always been pioneering and um, we want to pick up on that. We want to run with that, um, look at what the needs are out there and just journey with people. But I guess the bottom line for that is that we just want people to come into the building and straight away feel that they are loved and that they are cared for. And um, it doesn't matter what they've been doing, what their past is, what maybe their future is. We'll journey with them and carry them through to it. Um, that would be my vision. And of course, this song, I think, uh, pulls together everything that we've been talking about today, because in all of this, all you need is love. So from all of us, to all of you, goodbye and God bless. This is Hope FM.